Welcome, welcome to the Oregon Libertarian Podcast. I'm Will Hobson. I'm your vice chair, but uh, everything I say on here uh, is absolutely not meant to be construed as the opinion of the Libertarian Party of Oregon, because I'm going to say some things that they would we would never say as a group, probably. So, Especially the really weird stuff. The really weird stuff. I'm hoping Peter can provide lots of the really weird stuff. Uh, yeah, Peter is uh, uh, with us, too. He's also another member of the Libertarian Party of Oregon, uh, state organizer for the Mises Caucus, along with me. And, uh, yeah, we just uh, want to talk today about mean tweets and what they what they are, what they mean, what they're doing. Are they a good idea? And I think me and Peter both... Uh, lean on the uh they're the a good idea uh camp i I just listened to uh (laughs) i would say just listen to clint russell's episode about mccain's legacy i don't know if you've listened to that well i haven't no um he breaks it down into three categories which i think was pretty accurate um camp a i would have posted that tweet when it comes to McCain and like the happy holidays tweet. Yeah, I definitely would have posted that. Can't be uh, the people that, okay, maybe I wouldn't have posted that. That's pretty spicy, but I'm not going to go and to criticize someone that posted that. Cause I'm just carrying water for the regime. Cause I believe Jeff Deist put it and then can't see people that are going to apologize for the tweet and thus carry water for the regime. Yeah, are there a lot of people that are just like, you know what, not my style, not 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 what I would have done, but uh, you know, teach their own. Like, is there anyone that's just like a not my in the not my style camp, but like, whatever. Like, I don't feel like I've seen anyone quite like that. Uh, at least the, when they're they're vocal about like, and it's also not an opinion, you know, worth like I guess vocalizing that much, maybe. But like, yeah, it, it seems like people are there's not a lot of people in the middle i guess it's kind of one of those things like where you either believe you know if these people really are as evil as some people say they are then this is a pretty mild uh remedy for uh you know i i would say for you know taking care of these people in our society wouldn't you say yeah, I mean, that was my basic take. Like, maybe you're just not as upset about the death of millions of people as I am, which is fine, maybe, but I guess maybe not fine. Well, I, I don't, I mean, I guess, like, nobody's disputing that these people, I mean, I guess, I, I mean, I guess not that nobody in the libertarian world is disputing that these people are getting, like, millions and hundreds of thousands of, like, innocent people on the other side of the world killed right like none of our n- none of the the people that are like oh you shouldn't have said it that way are are saying that no oh, no you're wrong they're actually helping people like nobody's saying that right i'm not i haven't seen any of that have you i don't know i mean i guess it really comes down to like what is off limits for us is not off limits for them like they would gladly do the same thing to us like if given the chance i don't know right. i think a lot of people are just 
trying to separate, okay, well, John McCain committed these crimes. Can we really hold his daughter to his crimes? And I mean, she's committed her own crimes. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I just wonder how much more you can hold up the mirror to some people and be like, look at it. Like, this is the truth. Like you, if these people are really are responsible for like killing so many other people, like do their are their feelings really that paramount over like, you know, maybe moving the Overton window. And I really think that, you know, I, I posted basically uh, a tweet to the effect, you know, like the thing I liked the most about this tweet was that it desensitized people to be only hostile to warmongers in our society. And like, you may not be like, oh, man, I wish people didn't treat each other like that. But like, yeah, I wish people didn't blow up other people either. But now you, you people like that are willing to do this need to face some some kind of negative consequences or they're never going to stop. Like, <laughs> I, uh, I and, and I, I really think this is, I, you know, I really think New Hampshire that for all the crazy shit they say, and sometimes they create, say some crazy shit that, that doesn't even make sense. Like the, you, you know, the, the, the $6 million minimum wage joke didn't even really make any sense and was just meant to try to be as purposely edgy as possible. I, I, I could definitely say, okay, that, that wasn't a tweet worth making, but, the um, I really like how they're prying the Overton window open as wide as possible. I feel like that's like a really useful, uh, you know, uh, thing that they're providing for the the political discussion. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I think honestly, the McCain tweet and the six million dollar minimum wage tweet are good contrasts with each other. Like the first one, like it's very clear what the, the point is of this. The second one, it's very unclear. But I talked to uh, Top Lop about this a little bit um, on Twitter, like from the Oregon Mises account. I was like, I, I get what they were going for, but I just don't think most people did. It's like the reducto ad absurdum argument of like, okay, yeah, why not like a $10,000 minimum wage? Like we're all familiar with that, but most people aren't. I just don't think most people got the joke. Like I'm not going to criticize them for making it but it's like i i don't know it just wasn't a good tweet in my opinion right you know the the best jokes are the ones that you know, that i think people can get pretty quickly and they don't have to think about it don't have to have a lot of like contextual knowledge you know and and you know honestly if they could i i'm okay with them saying something horrible i'm actually okay with people saying really horrible things because i will i always want it's kind of like canary in the coal mine is like is free speech still being allowed and every time i look at new hampshire tweets i'm like yep they're kind of the canary in the coal mine like yep uh, free speech is still happening so because they're still getting to say all the crazy shit that they're getting to say so uh i actually kind of like that it's kind of like knowing that the lights are still on uh <laughs> uh you know in our society but the yeah the um yeah, I, I just think jokes that are clear are more effective, and that one, the the, the punchline, I guess, wasn't clear. And if the, they were saying something really terrible and then, like, following up with, like, a really clear message, that, that tweet would have made sense. But uh, I also think that, you know, I was watching Adam, uh, Adam Carolla and, and Dave Smith talk the other day, and um, 
Adam, uh, you know, I don't listen to him much anymore because usually when I listen to him, he he's saying the exact same thing he said for like nine or 10 years. But the, uh, you know, I tuned back in, listen again. One of the things that he said that, uh, uh, really stuck with me in this conversation with Dave was that, you know, when you apologize, it's like blood in the water and they just, they just feed off that. And then they, 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 they kind of sense a mark and then they keep on going and going. And if you don't apologize, you know, they, eventually they go away. And I definitely feel like they've adopted that, <laughs> uh, that strategy that, that they do or say horrible things. They never admit that they're wrong. And, you know, I would like to live in a society where people could be like, oh, yeah, I was wrong. Should have done that. OK. You know, and everyone's and everyone's respectful. But now it's like everything is so pitched and everything is so serious and any sign of weakness, you know, moves, you know, moves you like, you know, a couple yards back on the field. And like, you, you can't have that. It sucks. Like, <laughs> I wish everything didn't yeah. have to be so. That makes sense. Um, I think what Clint really got into in that episode, which I encourage people to listen to, is that the way you respond to it, I think, is important. I think it goes back to what Jeff Dice said about, like, don't carry water for the regime. Like, don't, like, make their job easier for them. Let's look back to maybe, like, the way that the Mises Caucus responded to uh, Joe Jorgensen's tweet. Like, uh, it's not enough to be against racism. We must be actively anti-racist. Like, the Mises Caucus tried to reach out to Joe and say, hey, we don't think this is good messaging. Uh, don't do this. Like, I know, like, Dave and Scott specifically did that. And there's a way to do that. And there's a way, like, not to do that. But if you're not getting a good response, or you're not getting any response, then, like, maybe you have to take it to the next level. But, like, the blue-pilled, I don't know, anger and reflexiveness towards like the McCain tweet was just, I don't know, it was really sad to see, especially from people like the San Diego, like Libertarian Party. And I don't know, just a bunch of like state affiliates were like, we are not them. Like let's distance ourselves, which I don't know, maybe you have to do that for your base, but it was just, I don't know. That's not the right way to do it. No. And uh, have you seen like, uh, we're starting to get accounts, you know, and like new groups and caucuses that are like trying to, uh, I don't know if they're trying to like circumvent the messaging of national and like what we're kind of going for and there, uh, but uh, I'm starting to see accounts like there was an account, uh, I think it was like the, uh, classical libertarian caucus. Uh, they were trying to say, you know, libertarians are pro democracy and libertarians are, uh, are about love and, you know, uh, <laughs> and are, are against hate. And I'm just, I was just like going to like, no, no, we're not like we, we can Hayek. definitely, <laughs> what? I said, those people seem weird. They have like a Hayek like thing going on mostly where they're just like, okay, like we believe in the ideas of Austrian economics, but we're not these people. Sorry to cut you off. What were you saying? No, no, it's just, it's just a weird thing. It's like, why, why do you have such a, broad amorphous definition for what it means to be a libertarian why would you want a broad amorphous definition that like like builds in all these like uh yeah i guess priorities that are really low 
on the totem pole, like as far as like what we like, what should be done first? Like, I like that Hoppe quote, like what should be done, but I, I think it should, you know, it should be added what should be done first, like and like loving your neighbor. Well, you know, it it sounds good when you th if you only think about it for five seconds, it's like, mm, you know, sometimes people dislike each other for profound, meaningful, you know, uh, reasons that are for cause. Like it's if I bet if you told a lot of these people, you know, hey, and I even asked them, like, do you love the people in the Mises caucus? They said, like, every, every, they should love everyone. Guess what the response was? <laughs> Well, but yeah, but I, uh, yeah, it was not a like, oh yeah, I love you guys too. I just think you're misguided. Like there, it's always uh, a heads I win, tails you lose kind of response. Uh, and it's hypocritical. Um, I, 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 it, I really think that the important mission that we achieved with the Mises Caucus was bringing people bringing the definition, like try, basically basically fortifying the definition of the word libertarian, because I think that was what was really in danger. One of the, that was one of the arguments that really struck me when uh, in like 2019, when people were like going on the podcast circuit, trying to get people involved, Mises Caucus trying to get people involved in the Libertarian Party. And there, one of the arguments was like, if we lose the definition of the word libertarian, we don't have another word to fall back on. You know, like we, we, we're we going to lose this giant branding thing, this thing that unites us all, this one word, this philosophy that a lot of, you know, our time and effort's been tied to. It's going to be, it's going to be gone. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely uh, the, uh, I'm definitely down with the, the, the idea of a thin definition of a libertarianism. I don't know about you. What are, you, what are you what are you down for as far as the definition of libertarian? Sorry, what do you mean by a thin definition? Uh, they they talk about the, there's the concept of a thick and thin, and the the idea of a thick definition of libertarianism is one that encompasses a lot of different uh, um, things. Like uh, you have to be accepting of people. You're probably open borders. You know you. Uh, you, you're, you're there's someone who would say like libertarians are about love and not hate. You know, like uh, you, you attack on all these uh, social, you know, virtues on top of libertarianism. But uh, thin, the thin definition is basically, in my opinion, is the non-aggression principle and self-ownership. And honestly, it's self-ownership first and then the non-aggression principle because the non-aggression principle doesn't make sense without self-ownership. And if you have those two things, you're a libertarian. Even if you yeah, have I mean, I think that makes sense. I mean, other wackadoodle views, you know. <laughs> so and, be you. Uh, I mean, that's the idea of the Mises Caucus to begin with, right? I mean, we have three things we put forward. We hate the COVID regime. We hate the American empire. We hate the Fed. Like if you disagree with us on other things, I mean, that's okay as long as you believe in the non-aggression principle. Like, we don't want to police your thought. I think that's maybe, like, the real dividing line between, like, us and those people. And I guess maybe I could go back to what you said about defending the word libertarian. I mean, that's a lot of the reason why I got involved party. I mean, because, I mean, I, like, went to a couple libertarian party meetings, like, when I was in high school, like, in Michigan. And 
It's like, okay, a bunch of old people, meeting age is like 75. It's like, okay, I'm glad they're doing good work, but I'm just going to go be an anarchist and just go be angry and do anarchist things for a while. Sure. Yeah. And then Absolutely. I didn't really come back to the party until, uh, I don't know, when did we join the party, Will? Was it like 2019, 2020, something like that? Yeah, no, I, I think it was right after uh, Tom Woods, Dave Smith, Scott Horton, a uh, couple other uh, podcasters. They all had this big, like, uh, podcaster-like summit episode. Uh, uh, I think it was Jason there, too, and one other person. But they all um, had, like, a big you know, episode where they're all together and talking and they all made the decision to join the Libertarian Party at the same time. And yeah, I don't know if it was uh, the exact same was, time, but sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it was no, but it was close to that though when we all joined. Like that was like oh, when I think the scales started really tipping because um Tom Woods was having a lot of people on uh that were like uh pimping the Mises caucus and then uh Joshua Smith when he came on he was like uh I'm gonna come into this party i'm going to make it anti-war which is my big issue and uh i and i was like fuck man i really want to join this now like i and if every thousands of other people are doing at the same time if like we all you know for any starcraft nerds if we all just zerg it like (laughs) all at once we probably can't take it over it's not that big and not that powerful and heist was right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh he we and we 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 did and uh i'm so glad we did uh and it's been a lot of fun it's been a lot of work and a lot of frustration but it's also been a lot of fun uh i uh and i'm really i'm really you know heartened to see see it grow you know like i know it's just one metric but and there are many others and i know we've done a really good job with fundraising even though people are saying that we're not um but GCD and like the followers, I'm like looking at like uh, the, the LP National Twitter account. Um, you know, yeah, in May it was at like 225k, and it's grown over 4,000 uh, followers now. Like 40, excuse me, 40,000 followers, not 4,000. Um, so like everyone's can say like, oh my God, your messaging is going to make the party so small. Like you're, no one's going to come to it now. You're destroying the brand. It's like, clearly not. Like, <laughs> you, yeah, I think maybe that's a good point. It's going to take a couple of years for <laughs> us to really see like the effects of this because there was a bunch of people that left at the beginning because they weren't happy. Yeah. But I mean, Angela's going to be chair for a couple of years. So, I mean, let's talk in 2024 and see what things look yeah. like, you know? Because I think that a lot of the people that left in the first place are probably going to come back. I mean, when we see, when they see, like, what we're really accomplishing, and we're going to bring in a lot of new people. I think a significant number of them will. I don't think all of them will. Uh, And honestly, I don't want all of them to come back. But I think a significant of them will when they start to see us gain traction. Uh, I think a significant number of them will take their institutional knowledge of the Libertarian Party and go to hostile news outlets and other groups and, in a petty act of revenge, divulge all their information to them to sabotage us as much as possible. Uh, but I think we will all, all the same still overcome. That, I mean, that happened, like, right out of the gate with, like, the Southern Poverty Law Center article uh, that tried to smear us and just made it sound super cool to a bunch of people. Uh <laughs> 
that was yeah. pretty weird. Before we move on to just like general LP messaging, do we want to maybe sure. talk about reactions to the McQueen, McCain tweet a little bit? Like, uh, sure. I, I, obviously, Dave Smith kind of dis- distanced himself like from the tweet, which uh, I don't know. I guess maybe it makes sense. It wasn't quite his flavor. And I don't know the actual text of what he said, but. Uh, yeah, you know, I I didn't quite get that it was distancing. It was more like, sounded fine with me. Like, I, I think it was one of those rare people that I was like talking about where they say, not my style, but also not wrong. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I think it was definitely in can't be like I laid out earlier. Like the yeah. A would have posted it, B, all right, too spicy for me, but okay. And then the C, like definitely not okay. I think Spike Cohen, I was really sad to see that because I really like Spike Cohen. And I don't know, I think what I posted from the Mises account for Oregon was pretty accurate. Like, we like you, Spike. I think you got this one wrong, but uh, maybe these are some reasons why you should change your mind. And, and But I mean, the other people like besides those two, uh, just the blue, pretty awful to see. I mean, I guess just the usual suspects, just really loser brigade energy coming out. Sure. And uh, Pablo, I'm going to give you just a heads up. I'm going to take your call in like 30 seconds. Okay, I didn't even know. Pablo <laughs> wants to call in. <laughs> uh, but I really quickly wanted to say that, you know, the the rarest reaction to the tweet, the one, and, and I never see this from that side, is like, hey, angry. And I don't like those people dying in third world or in those, you know, third world countries too with American bombs. But if you want to move the needle as much as you can, I think you should do it this way. Like again, I understand why you're up. Never hear that. Zero times hear that. <laughs> it's always uh, like, oh, you're a terrible person, and like maybe, you know, you know, it's. I, I just think if like if you realize how bad it is. It's hard not to be incredibly sympathetic with our take on it, but uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take Pablo now. Yeah, let's bring Pablo in. I mean, I, I read the article that Pablo sent me about like how like a new take on it, which maybe that's what Pablo's going to talk about. So here, I'll just invite him as a speaker. Get up here, Pablo. How's it going? Uh, if you're speaking, I can't hear you. All right. Going to give Pablo a second there. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, we're at, I, I think, uh, if I could say, like, what the article that Pablo sent me, I can't remember the article. That's what I sent to Spike Cohen was, like, if you aren't upset enough by, like, what's happening, like, in these countries that McCain basically destroyed you should be, and maybe you need to be shocked into doing it because, I mean, the average public don't really know the extent of what happened in Iraq and Afghanistan and Libya and all that, and maybe they need to be shocked into knowing it. Yeah, I, I'm going to say, like, uh, I don't have very many authoritarian instincts, but a little part of me is, like, I, it almost would be helpful to me if we could just force people to read but you know antiwar.com like for 10 minutes a day like <laughs> it's like just so you know what you're doing to other humans uh when you don't oppose this stuff you know uh 
you should, uh, <laughs> again, would never force people to read stuff. Uh, but, uh, man, it would make a lot better world if people were at least curious what their governments were doing with their money, you know, for years, years and years. All right, Pablo's got some, uh, maybe I have to, like, unmute him, force mute. No, that doesn't look like what it should be. Invite to speak. I'll try to invite Pablo to speak again. We are learning this software, people, so just bear with us. We are learning as we go. I see, like, sound looks like it's coming into Pablo's uh, account, but I'm not hearing anything. His uh, icon's lighting up blue. All right, Paul's gonna leave and come back. All right. <laughs> anyway, well, that uh, may yeah, be a good one, transition. Uh, well, I just like, really quickly want to wrap up one thing. Uh, you know, everyone's saying, you know, uh, Megan McCain's, uh, you know, the not the uh, the war criminal in this instance, and you know, she, you know, you should, you know, even if. They're terrible people. You should give them a moment to like grieve for their dead and stuff. And uh, I want to read you guys a tweet that she sent out just after uh, the uh, January 6th. That the MAGA terrorists should be prosecuted like any other terrorists who have attacked our homeland and given the same severity of consequences, which if you're curious what that means, that's death. They should also be tried for treason. No mercy. So. Hello. Hey, Pablo, we can hear Sorry, you. I had some sort of permissions. It's a very boomer moment. But yes, I think uh, we're talking about Caitlin Johnston's uh, wonderful article about how basically the reason that we celebrate the death of war, war criminals who facilitated mass military slaughter is because it brings clarity and proportionality to the horrors of war. And it shows that, you know, the people that were murdered by the warmongers, like their lives matter too. So I, I think that's a really great sort of way of humanizing what, what a mean tweet means. And to me, um, I always go back to this quote, like, if you believe absurdities, you will defend atrocities. I think mm. this is the cultural dividing line that has been exposed by the, by the discourse from LPNH, right? Like, do we... Do we feel like the, the, the wars that are fought by the empire, like, uh, are they a serious problem to be solved? Like, uh, are the people who are victimized by that, do their lives matter? Is, is the way I like to frame it with people who aren't as cool with LPNH out the gate. Because I know there's a lot of context that has to be shared. Sure, yeah. I, I, I definitely think that we're steeped in this. And so maybe uh, our perspective now is very far from like we are somewhere else far far away in the overton window from where other people are at right now and we're we are definitely radical compared compared to where they're at right now and they don't have the context for uh for why we think the way we do about things um and that's good i really think that like uh, that that's a great like counter to be like why that type of messaging maybe should be tempered or why other messaging should be deployed in addition to that or to follow up with that um because at the end of the day i do want whatever is going to move the ball forward the fastest um i really see the utility though of like uh 
pushing the Overton window uh, in a direction that makes them uncomfortable because it, it strips away their cover, you know, like, because they're being kind of protected by societies like, like you're saying, like assumption of absurd absurdities right now. And if you start to peel those away, they, it's almost like, you know, uh, you know, a cockroach is like hiding under like a rug and, you know, you're starting to pull the rug back and it's like, oh crap, if he keeps pulling that rug back, I'm, uh, I'm a goner. I like, they're going to see me like, and <laughs> for who I really am. And I, I, I want, I, I want to keep really that important. Like, We can forward. tell how angry they are, but like how upset they get when we pull the rug back, you know? Indeed. Uh, one observation I want to share. Great, great episode, guys. Uh, this is really uh, what a time to be a libertarian. Indeed, you know, I I think we're 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 definitely growing. And uh, something I want to tell too that I, I have kind of a unique perspective on is that I talk to a lot of people on what we what we call the based left, and uh, really what it is is the anti-authoritarian left. Uh, or they wouldn't call themselves that, but on the, on the political compass, it's the libertarian left. Um, and I talked to a lot of them and, you know, uh, everyone says like, well, anyone who sees this is just going to think you're you know, a bunch of angry, you know, like, uh, MAGA white guys or something with beards that, you know, want to install fascism. Honestly, I've been posting a lot of this stuff in a lot of different channels and like, some pretty serious like socialist channels, but uh, some channels where, you know, obviously we have some a major economic disagreement disagreements, but um, they see our stuff about the anti-war stuff and less like kind of like taking the culture head on and being the tip of the spear on the anti-war stuff. And they're like, wow, I'm digging that. Like uh, that's not too bad. Uh, and I, I don't hate that. And uh, I think we, when we do that, when if the libertarian party becomes the vanguard of advancing radical speech and like, and, you know, taking the direction we are, I think we pull those people closer to us. It's almost like we're creating like a center of gravity that everyone's kind of getting drawn to and kind of like following in our wake. Um, I, you know, I've been talking to, you know, people in the people's party, it was like the Jimmy Dore anti-authoritarian leftists. And I even posted, uh, I uh, put up a tweet where a bunch of uh, leftists were arguing with them saying, you're not real leftist, blah, 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 blah. You see all this crap, you know, it's like, it's almost like you're a libertarian or something, blah, da, 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 da. And, and, I, and I just said like, people's parties, anti-authoritarian, everyone who's complaining about them not being on the left is a authoritarian left and, or Democrats. And they retweeted that tweet. They're like, yeah, that's what we are. So um, I definitely think uh, it's exciting. Like you said, it's exciting time to be a libertarian because not only are we, you know, expanding the Overton window in kind of an exciting frontier way, we're also opening up new coalitions and alliances that the I think the, the previous libertarians would have shunned and never allowed themselves to associate with because they're they're not interested in prioritizing issues. I mean, you know, I, I think war is the most important issue and I'll, and I'm kind of, I'm like, I kind of take the Fred, like Frederick Douglow, you know, like I will unite with 
at anyone to do right and with no one to do wrong. Uh, I think that's a super great quote. And uh, yeah, I think it's pretty badass. And like, my, my question would be like, did you talk to anybody on the base left about McCain tweet? Like, did you get yeah. a reaction from them, how they felt about it? Yeah. They all thumbs up and thought it was awesome. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. I literally like a high ranking member of the, of the, of the people's party, uh, was like giving me like the fire emoji be like hell yeah yeah keep going <laughs> that's awesome and, and uh, yeah so like i really think like we we widened that window like tom woods calls it the index card of, uh, of allowable opinion it comes goes under a bunch of different names but the overton window i think is the most like well-known term for like a, the a, the allowable range of debate in society uh and I think our role now is to start to push that in a direction that will make war criminals uncomfortable. Yeah, and I think like that's what the alt right tried to do uh, with their like twenty twenty like I don't know the whole Trump thing. But I think what they did wrong is you have to do it with a purpose. Like you can't just like expand the Overton window just to expand it. Like you have to be purposeful about it. Otherwise, you're just going to offend people just to offend them. Right. And I, I think as libertarians, if there's one thing uh, we have in spades, it's principle or the party of principle, remember? <laughs> as they like to say, I say that kind of in jest to kind of like rib the, the people who were formerly in charge of the party. Um, but no, I, but I, I also do agree with it. It's important to stick with your principles. People don't like hypocrites. Uh, although I think some people are at this point immune to their own hypocrisy uh, in the political debate, like they, like I said, like even if they recognize in their own head that they're being a hypocrite, they will never admit it in public because that would—that's a point for the other side. So it's uh, where we are in the political debate. Yeah. Did you want to talk about anything else, uh, Peter? Did you want to move on to a different subject? No, I think we've pretty much covered everything. I mean, I just, uh, I mean, we could maybe talk a little bit more about the six million dollar minimum wage tweet. Sure. And just like I don't know, it, uh, it made a lot of people uncomfortable. It made CNN, and I kind of get why it did. And I just don't think the joke was clear. Like I would never criticize BNA right. for doing it, but I just think that maybe could have thought more wisely about it. Right. Yeah. I, again, like I'm for anything that keeps the Overton window pride open pretty wide. So like even gross things like Holocaust jokes, you know, like, hell, I remember when I was a teenager, I'd laugh at dead baby jokes and like, and shit like that. doesn't mean I'm going to go out and like kill babies or hurt Jewish people. I would never do those things. But like, I also believe that, you know, humor Humor is like one of the most important things we have in our society. If we start to like restrict what we can and can't say or what we can and can't make fun of it, you know, we start to decline, I think, as a society. And I'm I'm pretty much always going to be, you know, I'm never going to like, I think, consciously seek out the side that's able to make fun of everything. But I'll just naturally be on the political side that is OK with making fun of all things. Nothing is sacred. 
make fun of everything. The court jester is immune to all like free speech, you know, restrictions. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess we can close with that. Just like keep it up, LPNH. Love everything you're doing. Um, just maybe make sure that the joke is clear so people get it. Yeah, go a little slower. Craft, craft a little bit of a more poignant. Um, yeah, next episode, I, I'd love to talk more about maybe things that are happening locally. I'm going to be honest. I have not kept up with uh, local Oregon news. It's just been so depressing and sad <laughs> to read about, you know, the increase in Portland homicides, which Portland's my hometown, if, if anyone didn't know. Uh, uh, and I used to go to, like, I used to, like, on the weekends play in, like, the all the fountains in downtown Portland, go to the Saturday market with my mom and sisters when I was a kid, and now seeing what it's become was this boarded up, graffitied, you know, wasteland of homelessness and despair. It's, uh, it's uh, and everyone says, like, no, it's not, it's not, it's not like that at all. And it's like, I drive down there every once in a while. Yeah, it's clearly that way. Like, I, I'm close enough where I can fact check that. And, uh, I mean, you're, and you live, uh, uh, you live in, in Portland. Uh, is it, Am I wrong? Am I? And you're 100% right. I, I used to live in downtown Portland. Like I, I bought a house in Milwaukee. It was like just getting insane. I mean, I didn't want to leave my old, but I don't have a concealed carry permit here. But I don't know. I, I think the real problem is they just legalized theft, which kind of brought all criminals to the forefront. Like everybody, of course, wants to blame like, oh, you legalized uh, psilocybin or you decriminalized um <laughs> all these drugs, but I mean, there is like, there is some point to that. Cause it does kind of create like a vacuum where like, I, I, like one of the people, like I own a security business and one of the people we were interviewing for a security manager position said like, okay, so by legalizing these drugs, you've created a vacuum where it sucks people in and it makes them want to do things here as opposed to other places. Sure. I get that, but it's, not that we're not prosecuting the, the, those crimes that's actually the problem it's that we're not really prosecuting the other pro other crimes that lead to these crimes if that makes sense sure yeah i mean it's it, i mean at some point are we absorbing the drug addicts from around the country because they know they can come here do it with impunity right we have something about camping on public property. Like I know people get upset right. about this, but the whole like Dave Smith versus uh, uh, Lloyd debate. But I don't know if we have public property, we can't just have people camp on it. Like with no repercussions, I guess shots fired, maybe. I don't know. But well, you know, it's one of those really basic things I thought like even leftist economists agreed with was the tragedy of the commons. Yeah. Like the, the concept that you know, if there isn't some rules when it comes to property, you know, even if you disagree with there, the concept of public property, if it exists, there has to be rules or else, you know, all the sheep eat the grass, you know, is like the, the, the lesson in like the, 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 the example, the classic example in the tragedy of the commons is like, of like, you know, pasture land being shared and like if somebody could just come in and consume it, consume it all or use it all up and then there isn't enough for everyone else or or it's degraded because someone you know treated it like their own uh when it's not um 
Yeah, uh, I don't think Portland's really equipped to handle this. I think <laughs> it wasn't equipped to before, even like in, you know, it's economic, you know, basic, almost like it's Zenith, like right before the pandemic. Like, I don't think it would have been able to handle this. And it's certainly not ready to handle it now. Um, no, I don't yeah, think so. I mean, uh, I don't... What we really need to do is just like have like a, a sizable portion of the city, I guess, that's dedicated to homelessness. Uh, I don't have like an exact solution, but I guess like most libertarians, we have to go back to the root cause of the problem, which I really think is zone issues and the way they've made it like really expensive to build like any housing in the city. I mean, if you really like look at who owns like what land in Portland, it's all owned by like three or four corporations. Like we don't really live in a socialist dystopia. We live in a like a feudal dystopia, really. I mean, the OH, like the, whether it be the, what's the company that, the electric company that services the Portland? Oh, PD. Then the OHA, a couple hospitals, and it's really like six corporations that own like most of the land here in Portland, and they just have shut everybody out. So it's you can't build like housing anywhere. Right. Yeah. No. Uh, I, I will say we had a barbecue recently where we um, we talked about messaging and everything, and, and one of the things I, I thought was really fascinating, and I was almost a little bit like worried to bring it up and like post it because I was like. I don't want people to think I'm, you know, some closet leftist that like snuck in here and stuff. And I'm trying to drag everyone left. Uh, I'm really what I'm trying to do is drag the left libertarian. And I, I just feel like a lot of my knowledge and my sensibilities are make, make it really easy to communicate with people on the left. But uh, I was like, hey, what do you guys, uh, you know, think about communicating, you know, in a way that's maybe a little bit, you know, calls out corporations, you know, that, you know, use their unfair government granted advantage to, you know, basically prey on, you know, the poor people society. And I was really pleasantly pleased with the reaction that everyone had it was like, yeah, fuck, fuck these giant corporations that <laughs> get all this, you know, government largesse and welfare and then like, fuck us all over like it was it was awesome <laughs> i mean you know if we tried to build like a i don't know like a, a mile by mile like place in portland where people could set up tents everything would be safe that even if we had like private security we would just yeah. get shut down i mean they, right. they wouldn't allow that because like they no. want the homeless problem to persist like they it, don't it want to jeopardize them. their monopoly yeah yeah, they they don't want to jeopardize their monopoly on uh, being the provider of solutions, and that's got to stop. <laughs> they, I, mean, I think that's like the big thing. Like they really want civil unrest. They want people to be unhappy. They want us to own nothing. Um, they're happy that people are homeless. They're happy about inflation, and I don't know. I I think they're really trying to drive us like a wedge in between people that would normally care about each other and they, they want us to hate each other because we won't hate them. Yeah. Yep. Totally agree. It's, it's sad. Uh, well, let's try to figure out some ways around that. So, uh, I, I think, uh, that's probably going to do it for, uh, 
this convo. Uh, I feel a lot better talking uh, with someone else than just trying to like take calls and stuff on my own. Thanks for uh, being a good conversationalist, Peter. I appreciate it. Hey, no worries. Do we have any calls? I see we have some listeners here. Does anybody um, want to weigh in? They they certainly could. Nobody's in the the call line. I haven't really been checking it super well. Um, but we have five uh, listeners here. Does anybody want to say anything? Just lurking. I see, which is fine. Okay. But all good. I like I like a good lurk myself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right. Well, again, uh, I got to go ahead and uh, switch over. Um, by the way, everyone, I also do a lot of other things for the, the Liberty Movement. Um, I host a, a weekly Jackbox game night for libertarians. Um, uh, so you can basically a place where you can come and uh, play uh, uh, games online uh, with friends. Uh, it, it's a lot of fun. I'm going to try to jump into the discord really quick and copy an invite over to our server and from that server you can grab the uh the zoom link uh to join us if you want to join us it's on zoom for now i'm i just registered to get a twitch um account so people can watch it and stream it but um i i'm just not quite set up enough for it just yet but i'm gonna drop the link to the discord the jackbox party game discord and i'm actually going to start that in about 10 minutes so if you get in there you can find the link you can join me um i also have uh, a lot of different places where you can send me money because right now i am desperately trying to make you know the liberty movement my career going forward i really don't want to go back to bartending uh because i, I honestly see it as working for somebody else and doing things that don't really like make uh the world freer like serving bar at the local brew pub that supports uh you know military industrial complexes intervention in ukraine so um yeah if you want to hop into that discord you can find ways to donate me uh donate to me you can join us for libertarian jackbox game night uh you can kind of get involved uh in whatever projects I'm working on, I'm working on a ton of different projects. Uh, I need to start launching them, but uh, thanks for coming, everyone. Um, gonna try to, I, I think, do this uh, once a week uh, on Fridays at 6 p.m. Uh, Peter, if you're interested in joining me for future weeks, that would be great. Um, might also get uh, some other people on here, some guests we can interview. I'll start trying to find interviewees. Um, and uh, yeah, let's uh, let's grow this. I'd like to I'd like to have a place where Oregon libertarians can go to get uh, updated on the goings on in the Libertarian Party. Yeah, man, it's been fun. Um, if you're interested in what we've been saying, uh, I am an organizer for the Oregon Mises Caucus. Follow us on Twitter at Oregon LPMC, and we're also on Instagram at Oregon underscore Mises underscore Caucus, I believe. But either way, like we're there, so. Alrighty. Cool. Well, again, uh, thanks everyone for coming and, uh, we'll talk to you, us uh, next week. Cheers.